It's time for another episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I'm Kevin Walker. Mike Mickel and I are still social distancing ourselves. But Mike has another great interview today, direct from the WHBF studios here in the Quad Cities. So let's join Mike now for episode 11 of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. And welcome to this episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I am Mike Mickle without my cohort in crime, Kevin Walker, because we're doing our best to practice social distancing. Hopefully we'll be back together again soon. You know, we love talking about the journey through fatherhood, and we have a guy that spends a lot of his time defending us on the streets of the Quad Cities, and he's an all-around good guy. We have John Leach from the Moline Police Department, and may, many of you have seen him. He's a television star on every week talking about Crime Stoppers as well. John, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Tell you I'm, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I think you misled some people. I spend most of my time hiding behind my desk, not really out on the street too much, uh, <laughs> defending uh, justice in the American way, but uh, thank you. My story was much better. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about, you know, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of stress with your job, uh, but, you know, just the department in general and, and the first responders, but you get to go home to something pretty special. Talk to me about the family. Yeah, I've got a, a wife and two children. I've got a, a 13-year-old daughter and 10-year-old son. So, you know, that's always in the back of your mind when you come home from work and you've had contact with uh, people out in the community. You don't know what you're going to bring home. Uh, there's talk of washing your clothes and, and doing those type of things, which uh, I did for a f- few days. And then mm-hmm. uh, as I'm pretty lazy, I, I stopped doing that. But, uh, you know, it is in the back of your mind. Uh, we, My wife is uh, a nurse, and so she's bringing it home every day. You know, I've got uh, I'm here, but I've got a team that's going out every day trying to do stories locally about people that have been impacted by this in one way or another. And I can't help but worry about them as well. It's always in the back of your mind. So how do you not take those concerns home with you? You know, uh, at the time, you don't really think about them. It uh, it just kind of comes to mind later on. And, uh, you know, you get busy during the day and the day goes by fast. Uh, You know, a lot of responsibility and stuff. So it's something that uh, just it doesn't cross my mind maybe as much as it should. But, uh, you know, you hear of... um, you know, the illness across our country. Uh, I was in the emergency room uh, a couple weeks ago, um, got called out and, uh, you know, it's in the back of your mind. You're not sure, uh, you know, about touching things and uh, how close you come to people. And, uh, it's a little nerve wracking, but, uh, you still want to be, uh, you know, approachable and, and in law enforcement, that's very important. You have to be able to communicate well with people. So you don't want to put up too much of a barrier, um, without, making people feel alienated but at the same time you you have to protect yourself so uh it's a it's a fine line you know when you talk about blocking things out i would think that to a certain extent in your line of work you've had to do that for years to come home and just focus on family otherwise i would think that it would just stay with you yeah i investigated uh, the child sex assault child abuse uh, cases for a long time and it was during a point where my children were the same age as a lot of the children that i do forensic interviews with so it is in the back of your mind uh when you you're out in public um i always try to limit the social media that uh, my kids are on um you know 
seeing firsthand a lot of the dangers and a lot of the unknowns that are out there and uh, the predators that uh, communicate through children or two children through uh, you know different apps and then things like that so you're always very guarded and I think that uh, if I wouldn't have investigated those type of crimes I definitely would have been so uh, so guarded paranoid you might even say uh, I can completely get it I can't imagine being on the front lines of it when we first did uh, human trafficking in the heartland our documentary they told me that the average age of abduction was 10 to 14 and my daughter was 14 and my son had just turned 11 my youngest son had just turned 11 at that point so it really resonated with me at that time that that could be my kids and i couldn't could not imagine mm-hmm. something like that happening to them yeah, and through my experience, I've never had a case with a child that involved anybody that the child did not know, um, whether it be a close relative or a neighbor or somebody. So the uh, the stranger danger things, uh, having a child abducted, it, it's there. You know, it can happen. You, you don't want to be complacent of the fact, think that it wouldn't happen. But the uh, interactions they have as far as whose house they go to, who they hang out with and things like that, I think those issues are more on my mind. Um, you know, in, in our community, we have child sex offenders. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a thing that you know you can't do anything about. Um, I think most of the child sex offenders, though, that are registered and doing what they're supposed to and have gotten help, you know, have moved on and maybe don't pose that much of a danger. But uh, you know, they're still probably undocumented, and there's people out there that uh, that have gotten away with it for a long time and different grooming techniques and things that you're always uh, you know you're always worried about. You know, I've seen that on a couple of different levels. One, going back to the documentary, uh, we worked with another local police department uh, who helped us put um, ads on Backpage back when that was still a thing and the Escort tab on Craigslist. And the number of responses we got when they thought that they were talking to a 16-year-old was pretty mm-hmm. um, pretty scary. And then on the other side of that, you know, even riding with uh, the Scott County Sheriff's Department when they're doing the checks, you don't realize how many are in the quad cities until you're out there and you start to see them um you know going and knocking on these doors and it really hits home yeah i think they've got well over 300 over there on the iowa side um they do the registration a little differently the sheriff's department handles it over there where the local law enforcement in illinois handle it so moline rock island east moline Milan, you know they they take care of uh, monitoring there's where the sheriff's department in scott county takes care of the, the entire area so it appears they have more but if you take the numbers on both sides they're probably pretty similar i'm guessing they are i'm guessing they are we got really heavy really fast here didn't we you know i want to talk (laughs) to you about how you're surviving a world with a teenage daughter yeah um i'm like to monitor her uh, cell phone usage and things like that and uh i got on her phone and was looking at a few of the apps and things she had on there and there was some stuff that was concerning to me um but i think it uh you know, I'm almost 50 years old, and, uh, you know, back when I was that age, you know, you had uh, Atari 2600 and maybe some Polaroid film, and that was about as yep. much trouble as you could get in. <laughs> so I understand, um, you know, the dialogue and, and the things that, uh, the ways, you know, children communicate nowadays, it's a, it's a little unnerving, but, uh, you know, I think as long as you project, you know, that you care and that you're not trying to... Uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, that you care, um, you know, and and you always want to let your children know that you love them and that, uh, you know, you're not uh, trying to um, interfere with their communications, but you just want to make sure that they are appropriate. And I think as long as you, uh, 
you know, very loving and caring in that manner and you're not uh, abrasive, I think uh, you can get your message across. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. I've got a 22-year-old, a 20-year-old daughter now. My son's 22. And then the youngest one, the youngest son, 17. And I've just, um, I've tried to never let there be a day go by that I didn't say I love you. Because I just want them to always know that. You know, and they'll get, uh, obviously, they'll get frustrated when I'm questioning them about things. And uh, I can remember one time um, when my oldest snapped at me. He was, I think... 13 and he said you just don't get it and I said oh I think I get it I think you're the one who doesn't get it I've been a teenage boy you on the other hand have not been a father of three so uh, it's my job to ask you these questions it doesn't mean that I don't trust you but I have to do my due diligence here isn't it amazing how smart we were when we were 13 because I'm definitely not nearly as smart as I was I back then absolutely they have all the answers all the answers right now. It's been kind of weird, too. How are your kids handling the, uh, uh, you know, being home and not being able to go to school and all that kind of stuff? Well, right now we're contemplating getting an ankle monitor for my daughter. She's uh, <laughs> made a break for it a few times. Uh, you know, she's very social, and it's very important to her. So uh, we've caught her down the street to neighbors with a neighbor's trampoline and out mm-hmm. riding in golf carts and that type of stuff. Uh so I worry about her, um, you know, getting out. Um, she's always on the run. So this, my son's a lot easier. He uh, plop down on the couch for hours and, you know, be on his tablet or watch documentaries. Or he's learning to play the guitar and, and also learning how to speak uh, German. So he is, uh, oh for a 10-year-old, he's uh, very responsible and, uh, you know, he's uh, very easy, low maintenance. But, uh, yeah, my daughter's always trying to figure out the next way to make her big escape. <laughs> you know, German. I, that's amazing. Uh, I cannot imagine my youngest child. Uh, he's in Spanish class at school, but I can't imagine him just taking it upon himself to learn another language. That's that's very impressive. I can, however, um, relate to the, the breakouts because before I know it, there are six boys over at my house and they're wanting to play basketball out. It's it seems a little weird to sanitize a basketball, <laughs> but you know they're all gathered out there. They're one, you know they're they're used to being active. They're at yeah. least two sport athletes. They're used to being in the gym. They're used to running. They're used to doing, and it's finding that balance, you know, where you're not endangering them or others, but not keeping them pent up. And I'm I struggle with that right now. Yeah, it's unprecedented. It's hard to wrap your mind around, you know, just how serious this uh, this virus can be. So I guess maybe until it hits home, until maybe somebody that the family knows gets very sick or even dies from this, I guess maybe it's something that most people aren't going to understand. You, for instance, I was out at a local grocery store a couple of days ago and. You know, I believe the recommendation is uh, one family member at a time going to the grocery store and you see these full families of three, four, five people, Mm -hmm. you know, at the grocery store and, you know, just packed full of people. And it seems like, uh, you know, there's quite a few people that aren't taking it quite as seriously. Um, But then again, how seriously do we take it? I guess until we really know, you know, the unknown is scary. I think. I think being overly cautious isn't a bad thing, but I think, you know, there, there's got to be a line somewhere, and I, I have not been able to find that line yet. I don't know what it is, but I do know that it's, it's 
at least I will say for the kids, imagine if this had happened, you know, when we were younger, uh, we would have had no way to communicate. And at least they can still FaceTime and they can, yeah. you know, they can do all kinds of things so they can at least stay in contact with their friends. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't seem to be enough in many cases. Yeah, I think it would have been harder back uh, in the I don't know, 70s and 80s when I was a child just because I was outside, whether it was winter or summer, I was outside 12 hours a day. And, you know, you're more active, you're more social. It seems kids nowadays are pent up inside playing, uh, you know, video games and that type mm -hmm. of thing. So it seems like maybe this might be easier on their generation than would have ours. But I don't know. It, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow either way. So you've been in the trenches for a while. What advice do you have for the guys out there that are brand new dads or about to be dads? Uh, you know, one of the biggest things that uh, comes to mind is what people used to tell me. They grow up so quickly, you know, enjoy every second of it. And you get caught up with work and responsibilities and other things going on. And, and you wake up one day and, you know, they're in junior high and high school and, and they're out of the house. So biggest thing is enjoy your time with them. And, and you know, it's a one-time deal. You have, uh, you know, the rest of your life to, to work and uh you know, do other things, but, uh, you know, bringing up a child is something that's, it's a great responsibility and it's, uh, it, it's something that can be a, a great amount of fun too. And don't let that pass you up. I, uh, you know, tend to work quite a bit and I think I've missed, uh, some stuff that I wish I wouldn't have, like my daughter's first over the fence home run in softball. And, you know, that comes to mind, you know, I wish I wouldn't have been working that weekend. I wish I would have been, uh, at her game. So, you know, there's things that, that slip by that, uh, you know, first experiences. You don't want to be there the first time your child walks and the first time they talk mm -hmm. and, you know, experience those things with them. And it's a shame if, if you can't. Um, you know, the, the second thing would be to always, um, you know, like you said earlier, I always want to tell your children you love them, you know, give them hugs, uh, let them know that, um, you know, they're very special to you and always maintain that open dialogue. Make sure you have that communication because, uh, it's something that's going to get you a long way later on. Uh, just make sure that you're approachable to your children, that they feel comfortable talking to you about things. So um, you don't want them getting their advice on the street. You'd rather them get their advice at home. So um, the more you can uh, be approachable and the more that uh, they trust you, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that I think when you're raising a child, you want to have clear and uh, attainable expectations. You don't want to throw numerous uh, expectations on your child and expect them to be able to, you know, adhere to all those things. So if you have, um, you know, a couple of things that you want them to, uh, you know, to work on and, and to uh, show progress, then don't overwhelm them, you know. We, early on, we used to call it the Mickle Code of Conduct. You know what the expectations are. And so, you know, follow that and we'll be fine but don't tell me you didn't know because we've tried to lay those out. But somebody once told me, you know, when you're in the trenches and you've got a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a baby, um, they say, they said, you know, the days are long, but the years fly by. Mm -hmm. And at that point you're thinking the years are not flying by, but then all of a sudden you wake up and the oldest is going to junior high. And then, you know, the youngest is going to elementary school. And then now one has graduated from college. One is wrapping up her sophomore year in college and one is wrapping up as best he can his junior year in high school. And I'm, I feel like I have whiplash. Where did, how did this happen? Yeah. You see your children every day. So you don't see that, uh, that growth. 
you know, and uh, you communicate with them every day, so you don't see that educational growth either. So, um, you know, if you're somebody that uh, pops in the house uh, once every six months or a year, you're going to see that progress. But when you see your child every day and you communicate with them every day, um, yeah, you don't see those leaps and bounds they make. I like to say enjoy the moment, not even the moments, the moment, because each one has its own significance and each one is special. Anything else you want to add, sir? Uh, no, I'm more of a just kind of throw me the bait and I'll bite. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not sure. I think you've done a great job, and uh, we appreciate all that you and the rest of the first responders out there are doing. Uh, We appreciate you on a daily basis, but we certainly have never appreciated you more than we do right now, and uh, we want to thank you. Yeah, and and I think, uh, you know, speaking on behalf of law enforcement, we we see that... uh, in whole, the Quad Cities is taking things, you know, pretty seriously, and uh, I think that uh, for the most part, everyone's doing what they can. Uh, you know, we're not seeing a lot of really hateful things. We're not seeing, uh, you know, I would say that uh, we're very happy with how uh, the community has, has been coming together and, and handling things, and the food banks, and uh, you know, the different organizations around that are that are helping people out. Uh, you know, that's great to see. So, um, you know couldn't uh, couldn't be luckier here in this area we've, we've got a great community you know we've been fortunate enough to do some of the stories about people giving back and it just reminds me of why karen and i really wanted to raise our children in this community and and it was a you know it's been a great experience for them uh there's a lot of good out there mm-hmm. there is and uh you know we get to see all the the bad things but and you know fortunately we get to see all the great things too so it's uh it balances it out john thanks so much thank you It's another episode of the Journey from Dude to Dad podcast. I'm Kevin Walker. For Mike Mickle, thank you for listening to episode 11. Find us online at journeytodad.com, on Instagram at journeytodad, and on Facebook, it's the Journey from Dude to Dad. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or know someone that would be a great guest, email me at kevin at micklecommunications.com.